to the track. The wall makes the leap and makes the catch. Amazing catch by Junior. He got it. A perfect game. 13 strikeouts. Ryan out for straight away center field. Picking out for Frank Center. Down at the wall. Leaps up and he makes the catch. Mike Trout with another spectacular grab. And welcome to another episode of Champions Adjust. This is a baseball podcast where me and Coach Bodzin will cover everything from short hops to bat flips, from youth baseball all the way up to Major League Baseball with some potentially high school baseball in there, some college baseball in there, who knows, but this is a baseball podcast because we love baseball. That's what we do. We coach youth baseball, we played baseball for a really long time, and decided to come together and just do a pod, because we wanted to hang out more, and this gives us time to hang out, and we like to talk about baseball, and this gives us the opportunity to. So, welcome to Champions Adjust. This is um, episode four of season two. Check out season one. There's ten episodes there. Check out our postseason edition that we did for last year's um, playoffs where the Atlanta Braves won the World Series, and now we're in season two, episode four. We actually had our very first guest, Tyler Ivy, on on episode number three. That was really cool for him to come here, talk to us, give us some insight on his journey, what's going on with him. And at the time we talked to him, spring training hasn't start hadn't started yet, but now spring training has gotten going. The baseball season is officially here. Baseball is back, yes. baby. And yeah, this is episode four, season yeah, I two. Spent, um, I spent like two weeks just like reading every single piece of information that was getting published out by my new uh, hero, Bob Nightingale, who is a writer for USA Today, who before the lockout had occurred, had falsely reported several signings and a lot of fans were like, well, F you, Bob, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then he was up until like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning reporting everything that was going on in Florida. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're like, Bob, you're the greatest person that ever <laughs> exists, man. Never. And then now that he's reporting news again, everybody's saying, Bob, you're late on that one, guy. And it's like, dude, just let the guy rest. Yeah. He was like the Rocky Balboa of breaking news during the lockout of what was happening on both sides. Um, it was wait, incredible. I, I, before you keep going, I'm fired up. Yeah. By that Rocky Balboa oh, reference. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's just came to my mind, man. Um, and, so he's uh, just wearing it, wearing it, wearing it, wearing it, and then winning at the end. Yeah, and he's still... A legend. He, yeah, he's, he's an absolute legend, and um, I, I refuse to not read um, anything he he, uh, he puts out now. And he also breaks a ton of Dodgers news. Mm. So, you know, he was first on the, uh, the Freeman train. Yeah. Um, today, uh, Kevin Pilar signed a $2.5 million minor league contract. What? Um, to go back home. He had uh, he had reported that. Sheesh. Um, he's, uh, he's just a legend. And um, he'll probably never hear me say this, but I love you so much, Bob Nightingale. And I wish that you were my uncle. 
No, we speak things into existence here on Champions of Jazz. Sure. And Big Bob, one day, is going to call into this pod, and we're going to hear his insight on breaking news via Champions of Jazz podcast. Thanks, Bob. Your Twitter rocks. We might be able to get a picture um, down here. It would be great of him bringing bagels to everybody during the negotiations because they ended at like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and they started again at like 11 a.m. Yeah. And he brought bagels for everybody. What a guy. What a guy. Um, yeah. And so uh, that it was uh, how I spent uh, several sleepless nights just sitting there waiting to, waiting to see what would happen. And it's happened. And... Uh, uh, the cool thing about the um, about the negotiations was that the elected officials for the Players Association unanimously voted against the owner's proposal, and then it went to the players, who almost unanimously voted for it mm. to pass it. And now we're back, mm. meaning that the Brad Millers and the Max Scherzers um, were voting against it, saying, "Hey, all you players should probably vote against it," and all the players saying, "No, we want to play." Yeah, or we're voting for this. Right. And then it was immediately ratified within eight hours by the owners, and now we're back. About two weeks ago, because today is March twenty second, two thousand and twenty two. This episode will come out on March twenty fourth, two thousand and twenty two. And about you know two or three weeks ago, before all these deals got done, like I was legit concerned. That we were not going to have a baseball season. Sure. I don't know if that was a reasonable concern because I'm not in the conference rooms. Right. Right. But just with talking to you and looking on Twitter and the games got like, it seemed like four or five hours before the actual deal was made. The season got pushed back two weeks and then it was like one week and then they're like, no, we're going to, everything's going to be the same. We're going to have double headers. And I was like, oh my God, how are the players going to get ready? They don't have enough time for spring training and who's going to, you know, I was like, whew. Well, what's funny is that Rob Manfred, our, our favorite commissioner mm. of baseball, um, he pushed the season back, right? And he's like, hey, we're pushing it back two weeks. And then next week, they got back in the conference room. Right. And he's like, this is our last opportunity to have a full season. Now, people who are listening, who are fans or are a fan of the business side of things, when you start telling players, hey, we're not going to pay you a full salary, that becomes a whole different obstacle to overcome. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden... Rob Manfred's saying, hey, the last opportunity here, that was awesome. Um, the last opportunity for you to play a full season is gone. Like that happened at 11 o'clock last night. We can still work towards this. Mm. And that creates a whole different situation for, right. um, for players to say, well, wait a second. Now we have to go back to the table and say, I want my full pay. Yeah. So Rob Manfred pushed back the season several times. He actually shortened the season like three or four times. Right. And there were about 85 different deadlines across like a two-week period of this is the last time there's going to be 162 games. No, this is going to be it. No, this is going to be it. And that's where I came in. I think I talked to you about it, but I definitely talked to some other people about it. It wasn't good for baseball on either side to shorten the season. Mm -hmm. So I was always confident that the full season would get played. I just was getting, I was getting really annoyed that it was taking so long for it to happen. I was getting really annoyed by the negotiation tactic of the MLB owners and Rob Manfred coming out and saying, hey, no, the, the Players Association were in on it and now they don't want to do it anymore. And they were spreading misinformation and the players are sitting here and they proved that that was not true. Yeah. Because even the the representatives voted against it and the players still voted for it. And it, it was just, there's a lot of, um, we talked about this last year that we thought that there would be some nasty negotiations because of what happened after COVID 
with you know Mike Trout wanting his full salary, et cetera, et cetera. They were they were trending in the right direction, and um, it was like a, it was like a uh, it was a big uh, Royal Rumble brawl. Big Royal Rumble brawl. Um, no, Thanks for that, that fact, uh, wrestling reference. Yeah, you're welcome. Matt Scherzer, Max Scherzer um, came out today and said he will never, he, no matter whether he's playing or not uh, for the next one, he's not going to be involved in negotiations. He never wants to do that again. Ugh. Um, because it's it's a pain. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to do that. Um, Seemed that way. So um, the good news is that they have figured out there are some changes. We can get into that. Um, um, some pretty cool stuff that I'm a fan of. Yeah. Um, Let's and, dive in. Yeah, let's dive in. We'll so, dive into that. We'll talk about some signings, sure. and then we'll wrap up the episode. Yeah, so um, we'll keep this one short, but some of the changes you're going to see is, um, well, one, there are teams that pay through luxury tax. They pay into the revenue uh, pool, and there are teams that receive money from the revenue pool, depending on where they're at in their tax bracket, right? Mm-hmm. So now, moving forward, if you are a team that receives money from the money pool, from the revenue sharing pool... You can only get the number one pick twice in a row before you drop down to the 10th pick, mm. which is like an anti-tanking rule. If you put money into the revenue sharing pool, meaning you're a major market team, once. If you are the last place team two years in a row, you get to be in the pool to be the number one pick, which is going to be a lottery now. But then the second year, you're no longer in the lottery. You're automatically in 10th. Mm. So it less... Less... Um, motivation at that point to tank, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, this is a nine-team lottery, so the worst nine teams will be in a lottery. The worst team will get um, 16.5% odds, um, so will the second and third team. So teams one through three have 165 odds. Um, and then um, it goes all the way down to the ninth place team gets a 2.7% chance of the number one overall pick. Right. Sort of... Um, NBA draft rules, if you will, and the earliest time those teams that have already picked in the top nine, you know, twice in a row if they're receiving money, once in a row if they're getting money, is uh, is 10th after mm-hmm. that, depending on the record. Um, the draft is now 20 rounds, which will be held between, um, will be probably around the All-Star game in the Home Run Derby. Okay. Now, I've talked about this before on a podcast, but I don't like the draft being during the College World Series. Or during the college season. Yeah. And do we remember why that is? I'm sure you have your opinions on yeah. it. But um, my specific example was 2008. We had a player drafted, I want to see 21st overall, right before our Super Regionals against the University of Miami. And then he all of a sudden had an arm injury and couldn't pitch. Right? So you see a lot of kids, they get drafted, they, they think, hey... I've made it. I don't really want to play this game anymore for this college team because they're not paying me to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm about to sign a huge contract. Mm-hmm. So push that back, which protects the college baseball brand. Yeah. And push that draft back to all-star game, which makes it another event, right? Like we can have, you know, the celebrity softball game, the home run derby, the draft, and then the all-star game. Right. That's great. Have kids who have been playing baseball their entire lives show up to the All-Star Weekend and actually get to be celebrated. I think that's really cool. And we saw how important college baseball was with the lockdown happening. Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. And how many more people were invested and involved in the beauty that is college baseball. Some of the athletes that usually don't get recognized were getting recognized because more people were paying attention to it because 
they didn't have anything to do because the lockout was happening. Right. So maybe they were always writing about Major League Baseball or this or that. They were now tuning into college baseball and allowing some of those talents to be seen and uh, just seen more than they would before. So we saw how cool that is. And then you, that gets all elevated when you go to the College World Series because it's it's quite fun. Sure. It's a beautiful atmosphere. And so I agree with you that you want to wait to the end because the same thing can be said with some of these high school athletes that get are committing to these big D1 schools at like their sophomore year. Right. They're not really playing that hard for no. their high school team because they don't need to. You're not building community. You're not building relationships. All you're doing is focusing on the next thing. When you know in baseball, if you're not focused on the present moment, what's important now, you're not going to succeed it's in tough. the moment. And also, the beauty of sports is about building relationships and friendships and community. And if you're always thinking about the bigger, the better, the next thing, you're not into what's happening now and you're not able to cultivate the stuff that's going on there. So you want to have kids focus because they're still kids. High school and college athletes are still kids. Yeah. You want them to focus on what's happening now, make what's important happening now. And yes, they're working towards something bigger, but allow one thing to finish before you engage them in something that's the next step in their 100%, 100%. life. 100%. I'll give you actually a prime example for you baseball fans out there. Yasmani Grandal, Jamil Weeks, and Yonder Alonso were all on the same baseball team at the University of Miami in 2008. That's the team we lost to mm -hmm. when our pitcher decided he couldn't pitch anymore. Right. They went to the College World Series and they'd all been drafted and decided, hey, we don't really care, and they went 0-2. That was, I mean, think about those three players. Those three players, they had uh, Don Severino was on the team, right? Um, you had David Gutierrez on the team. They had uh, six major leaguers on a, on a team. All ended up with pretty solid careers. Six. And, uh, six out of they nine. They couldn't win a game, and uh, they couldn't win in a uh, in the College World Series because they they were drinking and having fun, and they just didn't care. Right. Um, that's what happens. Uh, all, you know, youth players who are listening to this, if you decide at one point, it's just you don't care, you're doing your team a disservice by still taking the field. Right. Um, you know, as great as a career as Yonder Alonso had, that Miami team would have been better off if he not played. Jamil Weeks, great career, would have been better off had they, had he not played because they didn't care anymore. You want to respect the game. So You want to respect um, your teammates. Yeah. And you want to give your best effort. Two quick shout-outs on the college side. Uh, my alma mater, University of Arizona, just uh, took a... A three-game sweep over the weekend against the University of Stanford. Baseball, not an easy feat. No. All three comeback wins. Nice. That is my alarm to tell me to leave the house to come here. But you're here early. Well, we're already here. Um, filmed early. So excuse me for that. Um, so the University of Arizona moved up to 11 in the country. And then another great story is Texas State, man. Texas State beat Texas. Um, they beat LSU. They're having um, they're having a really fun season. They're eighteen and three, and they're number twenty in the country. Nice. Um, they're ranked ahead of LSU baseball right now, um, and Clemson baseball. Both great baseball programs. So super cool. That's really cool for Texas State. Get after it, Texas um, State. But, um, Who's the number one team in the country um, right now? It's uh, Ole Miss. Ole Miss, number one team in the country. Very old Tennessee's also number one in a different one, and you have Texas number one in a different one. But sure. The one I'm looking at: Ole Miss, Texas, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Tennessee. Yeah, LSU dropped down significantly, which I love because I'm not a huge fan of their head coach. I mean, you, you pretty much expect that list that's there and there sure. every year. And then you have Arizona with a new head coach with a ton of guys who transferred out to LSU. Um, with three games sweep Stanford, they have uh, New Mexico, uh, I think tomorrow, and then they have UCLA this weekend. And so I expect to see uh, Arizona hopefully in the top ten next week. Amazing, yeah. So um, anyway, going back to the MLB side, um, what you're going to see as well, which is great for the free agent market, is now universal uh, designated hitter. Yeah, 
which I'm a fan of. I'm curious of your thoughts first, and I'll explain why I'm a fan of it. Uh, generally speaking, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like it in the World Series when they go back between ballparks, and there's a little bit of craftsmanship and some yeah. strategy that has to go into who's going to hit. You know, it's not uh, the pitcher comes up like it's not just like there's another hitter, right? You have nine guys in the lineup who're hitting, right? I like that kind of strategy sure. and, and thing that goes into it. But overall, I'm all all I cared about when I played baseball was hitting. Sure, and I like the guys can now get a spot to hit, mm-hmm. and that's there can be their main focus. And I love hitting, sure. so I'm just excited. I hitting as a pitcher, and I'm excited to see more of that in the league. Sure, but I like the uh, and I know that some pitchers like the experience of hitting, and they and they take it seriously, and you can tell. So I. And I also don't want it to um, to pigeonhole kids at a young age. Sure. Because we coach 13-year-olds, and I don't want them to see a designated hitter or a PO at a major league level and right. then think that that's what they should be doing at 13, sure. which is the complete that's opposite fair. of what but they should be doing. this isn't a thing until you get to, um, get to professional baseball. Right. Anyway. But that mindset is still part of their psyche. Like if a guy has one good outing, he's like, coach, I want to be a good P I We've want to be a it. PO. We've heard it. I'm like, no, you're going to keep hitting. You're going to play well, the field. You're going to play right. You're going to play our left. Team, we can name drop, right? Weston Williams, great athlete. Mm-hmm. And Weston, I hope you listen to this at some point. Great athlete, too good of a hitter to be a PO. Bulldog on the mound. My God, that guy can throw the ball. Right. But he's also a heck of a hitter. Right. And he's serviceable at other positions. And if we can get him better at other positions, he's then just he that, can be a first baseman, third baseman, left fielder, right fielder pitcher he, who can hit. He's just that much more elite. Yeah. That much more useful. You have that much more utility Even going into the higher levels. So right. when you get to college, boom. When you, if God, God willing, you get to a higher level than sure. college, you, you, you have positions that you can fall back onto. Oh, this guy already plays left field and he's like mad good. Mm-hmm. Cool coach, I can play right field. Oh, they already have a right field. Cool coach, I can play first base. Oh, you already have a first baseman. Cool coach, I can play third base. Oh, you already have a third base. Well, I can crush it, so I'm still yeah. going to be in the lineup. Exactly. Oh, and I can pitch too. Cool. So you want to build those skills up now as a young person so when you do start to um, shrink down your positions – you're really, really good at one or two, but you're capable of doing other ones because you've had experience there. Yes. You haven't pigeonholed yourself Huge. as just this person. I met a kid at the Arizona-Oklahoma um, baseball game earlier this season, and he's 12. And mm-hmm. I asked him, what position do you play? He said, third base. I said, where else? He said, nowhere. Mm-hmm. I'm a third baseman. And I, you know, not my place to say that's insane. But that's my first thought is that since you're 12 years old and you're pigeonholing yourself to play third base. Now... For those of you who are 13, 14 years old getting ready to play high school, you can say, I'm a shortstop and I'm a shortstop only. That's great. But you're a freshman at an elite high school and the starting shortstop's a junior or a senior. Good luck usurping them. You better have another position. Right. So if you're only playing one position right now, find another position because you want to play for high school and you can be good enough to play for JV, but you might not be the starting shortstop to your senior year now. And if you want to play in college... I mean, you need to get looks. Well, there's You're not a, getting yeah. looks playing for playing shortstop for JV. There's a difference between having a primary position and having only one position. Right. Those are two separate things. Like, I'm primarily the best at this, but I can play these. Right. Not saying I only play sure. this. There's a huge difference between those two, and you have to figure that out. Well, that's like we look at like Preston Farragut, who is now... No, a solid pitcher. Mm-hmm. He's a middle infielder. Mm-hmm. He also has an arm for third base. He can also play first base because he's athletic. Play center. He can play center, he's left and catch. right, and now he's learning to catch. There's, he's going to show up to high school tryouts 
Where do you play, kid? Everywhere. Well, what's your primary position? I, I play everywhere. I, I'm serviceable everywhere. Put me anywhere and I can play for you. I want, yeah. I mean, I want that kid on my team. Right. Or I, we uh, look at, you know, I work a lot with the Madrano twins. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, Steven Madrano's made great, great strides as a pitcher. Um, and he wants to be a middle infielder, but good gosh, if you can play some outfield, that's going to put you in a really good position at Capella High School. Meanwhile, you have Jason who really wants to learn how to catch, and that's going to make him an elite um, option when he gets to high school. Hey, I can pitch, but I'm a better catcher. I can play third. I can put. I'm fast. I can play center and left. Great. Mm-hmm. Those, those are the things that you want versus a um, no. I'm, I'm a catcher. Right. Okay. Um, and I can kind of hit. Okay. Well, you're serviceable. But uh, we know who's going to get picked, the guy who can play every position versus the guy who can only play one. Right. So that was a, uh, a great uh, side conversation about Universal DH. I'm a fan of it from a major league perspective because it, it helps the brand. Yep. Nobody goes to games to watch pitchers hit. It also um, expands jobs. Yep. Um, our Pujols can still have a job. Um, look at uh, uh, Nick Cassianos, who just signed a $20 million per year or five years for the Phillies. Um, and Schwarber, they basically Schwarber, signed two DHs. Yeah, like, like and, and Kyle Schwarber, um, and now they have one that can play off the one that can play DH, and that's just fantastic. Um, expanded postseason. This is fun for a lot of teams who are middling. Uh, we talked about this last year. We really wanted to see the Mariners in there. We really wanted to see the Blue Jays in there. They just missed it. This fixes that. Um, there's going to be a 12-team postseason, so it's going to be six teams per league starting this year. So each league will have three division winners and three wildcard winners. The two division winners with the best record in each league will get a bye for the first round. The remaining teams are seeded with the other division winner taking the top spot and a play a best of three wild card round. The playoff proceed as before from there, a best of five division series, a best of seven championship series, and a best of seven world series. Um, thoughts on that? Love it. Great. Um, <clears throat> international draft. So um, a lot of people might not know this. There's a ton of corruption going on in Dominican and Venezuela and Puerto Rico and Cuba where um, 15-year-olds are getting back to uh, no, under-the-table uh, backdoor deals worth you know, millions of dollars to play for a certain team you know, in three years. Mm-hmm. And it's created a really tough funnel for kids. And so they're looking they're, – they're, they're big solve. And the players say, well, the Major League Baseball – Basically, the owners basically let this happen. They didn't care. You know, the Major League Baseball owners did not care about these kids who were 15, 16 years old in, in these countries, nor did they have motive, like financial motivation to care. Um, so they let it get this bad. And so now they want to make an international draft. Well, then David Ortiz came out and said, that's great, but we can't do it too fast because if this happens and this happens and this happens. Mm-hmm. So that was a big holdup in the negotiations initially. And one of the reasons why the uh, season got pushed back another week to uh, April 7th, April 8th. Um, the players in the league now have until July 25th of this year to decide whether to implement an international draft. If they do this, then direct draft pick compensation goes away. What that means is that players who have, are given a, a qualifying offer from a team mm-hmm. and sign with a different team, the team they sign with have to give a draft pick to the team they came from, which creates a, um, a, a bad situation from a free agency perspective because a guy wants to go somewhere to make a lot more money, but if he signs for a certain amount of money, that team has to give up a first round now. Mm-hmm. Um, so players want that gone, understandably. And the owners um, are dangling that, saying we'll get rid of this if we can have an international draft. Um, so they have until 
um, the 25th of July of this year to decide whether they're going to implement one. And then that negotiation will look at, you know, when are they going to start at 2023, 2024, et cetera. I suspect that they will strike a deal because players really want draft pick compensation gone because that, that helps players make a lot more money in free agency. Got it. Um, cool deal is international play. Um, and each year between 23 and 26, there's going to be a game in Mexico City in May, a game in London in June. Except for in 2025, when that London game is actually going to be in Paris. That's really cool. And then this year, the World Baseball Qualifiers are planned for September, with a tour with a separate tour of major league players in Korea and Taiwan after the regular season. Um, in 2023, the World Baseball Classic will be held in the spring, and the postseason tour will be held in the Latin Americas. Um, in 2024, games will be held in Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic during spring training, and opening day will be in Asia. And then in 2025 and 2026, there will be a game in September in San Juan, Puerto Rico. And then the World Baseball Classic will again return in 26. So that is um, a very NFL, NBA brand aspect of of um, making of, of having Major League Baseball, London, Paris, Latin America, Asia. That's really cool to me. Yes. Expand expand the brand, baby. Um, here's really cool. The, uh, the um, starting minimum wage for a Major League Baseball player will go from $500,000 to $700,000. And that will grow $20,000 each year until it gets to $780,000 for the last year of the current CBA. Um, there will be two different uh, minor league salaries now that they have been able to negotiate. Uh, one for players that have been added to the 40-man roster for the first time. And another one who has for a player who's been on split salaries. So the minimum salary for a minor league baseball player who's on the 40-man is fifty-seven thousand two hundred dollars in twenty-two, and that will go up to sixty-three thousand dollars by twenty twenty-six. And players on a split contract, meaning they're kind of up and down, up mm-hmm. and down. Minimum is one hundred fourteen thousand dollars in twenty-two, and that will go up to one hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars in twenty-six. So again, we talked with Tyler Ivy. If you listened into that interview, really interesting. We talked about paying minor leagues like leaguers better and making sure they can live a better life. Yep. And now officially, if you're on a forty-man, which it was a great way to protect your players, even if you're in Double A. Um, there is a minimum salary now, which is a, it's a start. It's a step in the it's right a, it's direction. A huge step in the right direction. I'm hoping for more changes implemented to take care of those sure. minor leaguers. Um, Rob Manfred now has the um, ability and power to usher in new rule changes into the game inside of a given offseason with a notice of 45 days notice, but cannot do so during the regular season. The previous the previous wait was a year. It is now forty five days. Um, any thoughts on that? Nothing. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of different things they're trying out in the minor leagues right now. Uh, That's like a short amount of time. Yeah, it is. Well, they're saying, hey, we have forty five days to present this to you, and then we vote. Okay, That's basically what they're doing. Uh, a lot more money stuff. I want to get somebody on here, like uh, um, you know, somebody who's like maybe an AGM. Or yeah. a, a scouting director to like talk about the revenue share and the CBT. And yeah, because a lot of this stuff is really complex. It was over my head too. Yeah. Um, but basically, uh, revenue sharing, um, you know, that really decides, you know, which markets 
pay in and which pay which which markets um, you know receive money. Um, so that got tinkered with a little bit. It affects the Rangers. It affects the uh, the Oakland Athletics. I'm not going to take too much of a look of that. Cool thing is now it used to be a 25 player opening day roster. It is now 26 players. So one person. Um, and then 28 players from uh, September 1st on. Awesome. Um, no more than 13 pitchers and 14 pitchers after uh, August 31st. Um, oh, this is a cool one. The MLB has now has to use the best efforts to minimize the miles traveled by teams over the course of the season. Meaning that no longer do you travel from Miami to Seattle to New York back to Miami. That's just not good for anybody. Um, and there are now um, service time manipulation rules that we can get into later. And then the um, the annual trade deadline, which we all know is you know the uh, was always been the thirtieth of uh, of July, and it's always been so much more fun. Um, can now be set at any time between July twenty eighth to August third, depending on what Manfred decides, and they have to be notified by December first. Got it. It's a lot. Well done, Bods. Yeah, there's a lot of other stuff in there that are uh, money-oriented. Coach Bods. Uh, that are a little bit more uh, in-depth that we don't need to get into. Getting after it, baby. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, a lot of signings yeah, so, happened. As soon as, uh, as soon as as soon as the ratification came in, players started signing. The one I'm... Uh, um, I, don't, I don't know what the right word is. Not upset. A little sad. Uh-huh. Is Freddie Freeman. Let's talk about this. You know, I wanted him to stay sure. in Atlanta. He wanted to stay in Atlanta. He wanted to stay in Atlanta. He's not in Atlanta anymore. The Braves got better without him. He's going to the Dodgers. They got who? Matt Olson. So the Braves got the Matt Braves Olson out of nowhere after two conversations. And Ronald Acuna Jr. back. And Azuna back. Is it? And Azuna back, yeah, because yeah. he was uh, out on the um, on the uh, issues with um, right. Uh, I didn't know if those got yeah, and then those got fixed up. So we're so he he's he's in good shape there. Um, so the Braves basically sat there and said, "Hey, do we want to sign this aging first baseman?" And I'm talking about this purely from a financial and future, not not emotional of like, oh my god, this is our guy, but purely of like, okay, so we have this 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 um, um how old is Freddie Freeman right now? He wanted a contract through 36 years old. He is currently 28, right? I don't know why my Google just put aged agents 32, 32. years old. So he's so he's 32 years old, and he wanted a contract that sixth year that he wanted from the from the uh, Braves would have put him. To um, to thirty eight years old, right? So Matt Olson, on the other hand, twenty seven, is twenty seven. So what the Braves did is they traded several prospects, Chris Pash being one of them, and a big one, and they're their number one uh, catching prospect as well. Um, to the Athletics for Matt Olson, twenty seven years old, turn around and sign him to an eight year deal, mm. keeping him until he's thirty five now. So now instead of having Freddie Freeman for six years. Through his 38th year season, they had Matt Olson for eight years through his 35th year season at less money per year than Freeman was due in the contract. On top of that, with the money that they saved by not re-signing Freddie Freeman, Mm -hmm. they went and they got Colin McHugh, um, a premium uh, uh, relief pitcher. Um, they re-signed uh, Eddie Rosario mm-hmm. with an opt-out of 24, so that's uh, that's a two-year deal for him. Um, they went and they uh, 
signed Kenley Jansen on a one-year $16 million contract, mm. which is holy cow. Um, but, you know, if you have the money on a one-year contract to spend it, go ahead and do it. Right. And so all of a sudden, the Braves bullpen is just absolutely stacked. So former World Series or the, the current reigning World Series champions, would you say that they're a better team going into this season than they were going into last season? I would say so because they won that World Series with Freeman – um, but with no Acuna, didn't have Kenley Jansen. Um, they didn't have McHugh. Um, they didn't have uh, Ozuna. But they did have Solar, and he was a big. They player. did have Solar, who just went to to, uh, to Miami. That was big. Um, but they still have Duvall for another year. Um, I, I think that their bullpen is better. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think they. I think they. Uh, and, and I think their lineup is better because they get Acuna. They don't need Solar if they have Acuna back, and they don't need. Um, they don't need him if they have um, um, Ozuna back, right? In theory. Yeah. Solera would have been a great, but they got they brought Rosario back, and then they they added Acuna and uh, Azuna. So the Braves got better after the winning the World Series to me. Yeah, if Olsen can put up some of the similar numbers as Freeman in the heart of that lineup, you know his defense is basically on par. He's a Gold Glove winner, right? So, so I know, I'm a huge fan of this. Their their um, their bullpen is just insane. And Kenley Jansen, not, he's not going to be their closer, but he's going to be a great pitcher out of right. that bullpen right. on a one-year deal. So I like what the Braves did. Um, I, I think the Dodgers, on the other hand, have one of the best lineups we've ever seen, if not the best lineup we've ever seen before the uh, season starts. Right. Um, I would argue uh, here and now that it's the Braves, um, Dodgers, and uh, Toronto Blue Jays lead to lose right now. Yeah. Um, also, some other interesting signings. Um, Rocky signed Chris Bryant, but they need much more than Chris Bryant to be that a contending team. To me. So that's seven years, one hundred and eighty-two million. Can I hit on that real quick? Yeah, the Rockies traded away Arenado for not a ton of prospects because nope. they didn't want to pay him, right? And then they let Trevor Story loose. Yep. And then they signed Chris Bryant to a giant deal, massive, seven years, one hundred and eighty-two million. That is just stupid Huge. money for a for for one player, right? For one guy. Um, so that that was very them and the Rangers made some of the most curious moves to me in the offseason because then you have the Rangers who still I mean they went and got um, um, Martin Perez back um, to, to eat innings but they're still not a top three team in their division with all the money they've spent right they have you know one of the best middle infields in baseball sure but. of course uh, Phillies made some good moves right Philly signed Castellanos and Schwarber yep like we said to to go with Harper and Wheeler yep. out there. So Phillies are a contending team. They were very close to making the playoffs last year. They lack pitching too, though. But they, they lack a second and third guy. Yeah. Uh, but they do have the reigning MVP and second in Cy Young. And we've already agreed that uh, Bryce Harper is worth at least you know, 187 wins. Yeah, of course. Own, so Absolutely. Like that team. So I'm very interested in the Phillies if they can put it all together. If that offense can kind of carry the load a little bit. While the the pitching lacks a little bit, minus you know their number one starter, obviously, so that'll be an interesting run for them. Um, Carlos Correa signs with the Minnesota Twins. Very interesting deal. Three years, one hundred and three point five million dollars. So what the so what the Twins did is they cleared space by trading Josh. So so the Twins went and they traded a uh, a, a, a solid catching. Um, option to the Rangers for Isaiah kind of Falafa, um, who's going to play shortstop for the Twins. Um, the Yankees really wanted Falafa, but the Rangers didn't want Gary Sanchez. Mm. So the Twins traded for him instead. Well, okay. 
So now the Twins have Isaiah Kiner-Falafa and Josh Donaldson and a few other players. And Nikki says, hey, we'll take we'll take both those guys off your hands. Um, you, uh, you get Gary Sanchez now. And so the Twins now have opened up an insane amount of cap space while competing with the Yankees for Carlos Correa. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, take this money off our hands so we can afford it. So what the Twins did is they were kicking the tires on Trevor Story, but the AAV, which is the um, you know the uh, annual value mm-hmm. of the contract, uh, was getting so high negotiating with Trevor Story, they said, hey, screw it. Why don't we just go get Carlos right. Correa? Yeah. And the contract's really interesting because Carlos Correa has a three-year deal but he can opt out after the first year and the second year, and then he's a free agent after the third year anyway. Interesting. So Carlos Correa might be on the might be a free agent next year. Might have the same discussion mm-hmm. next year on season. I don't know. Season three, three or four, oh, whatever. Yeah, or five. One one of these years. Great. Um, and then another interesting signing, right? You just mentioned his name, so we'll bring him up right now. Is the Red Sox sign um, Trevor Story? For a six years, $140 million. A very interesting deal as well because at any point, there's mutual deals, right? If at any point during those six years, if Trevor Story opts out but the Red Sox opt in, then a seventh year worth $25 million is added to the contract. Oh. <laughs> Have you ever heard of that before? No. Yeah. So Trevor Story is in the Red Sox for six years, but at any point during those six years, he opts out but the Red Sox opt in, then a... Seventh year worth twenty five. Right now he's making about twenty two million dollars per year. Um, the seventh year for twenty five million dollars gets added to the to the end of the contract. It's interesting. Yeah, so it's also very interesting. But the Red Sox. Once the Twins got Correa, I think the Red Sox were the were the, were the move. Um, they have uh, you know Xander Bogarts who uh, has an opt out after next year. Mm-hmm. So I think what you're going to see is Story's going to play second base for the Red Sox this year. Mm-hmm. In the following five years, he's going to be their starting shortstop. Got it. Um, he wants to be on a winning team. Yep. Uh, the Red Sox compete consistently. The Rangers were kicking around the idea of signing him as an outfielder. And I was just going to, you know, at that point, you're signing three of the top four shortstop prospects with no pitching. Uh-huh. They got John Gray and, 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 and that's it. Um, so uh, well, you got this uh, Giants yeah. roster and staff pulled up here. This rotation, man, what they've done is insane. So we're talking check about the out, San Francisco uh, Giants. Check out the San Francisco Giants uh, pitching rotation. They have Alex Wood, Carlos Rendon, Logan Webb, Anthony uh, Descavalini, uh, Scalfani. I can I can never pronounce his name. And I don't know. And Matthew Boyd. So they're all five Cy Young candidates, and that's what the Giants rotation is. Yep. Um, so the Giants got better. Giants and got they, better. And they added, um, and they added Jock Peterson. And they added a one-year deal to Jock Peterson, who's just a fun guy in the clubhouse. And they have Brandon Crawford, who's just the greatest you know, athlete ever. And Jock Peterson is just a playoff guy. That's sure. what he is. You know, he knows the atmosphere. The Giants are a playoff team, generally speaking, and so he's just a good addition to that squad. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm excited to see them contend with the Dodgers for that division title. Hey, me as well. So that to be fun. Um, the Royals, yeah. Royal signs Zach Grinky to a one-year deal, one-year thirteen million dollar deal. Interesting because he, he seems like kind of a nostalgic act at this yeah. point for a team that's trying to rebuild and yeah. grow and exactly. expand. That's but exactly what it is. That's why you know I'm a Cardinals fan. You're a Cardinals fan. And I was um, talking to Cardinals fans. Oh, we want Zach Grinky. We should get him. Well, not for one year, thirteen million dollars. No. <laughs> um, Ryan Tapera, another um, uh, premium uh, arm in the bullpen. 
two years, $14 million to the Angels. That was really cool because the Angels are, are competing now. They have you know, the Mariners who got better from last year. Yeah. You have the Astros who are the Astros. They're always going to compete. And the Angels who have gotten better. Um, you have the Rangers who spent a lot of money and didn't really get better. So You know, the game of baseball would be better What's if... Is that all? Yeah, it's all of it. All right, cool. If Otani and Trout made a playoff run. Agreed. And so maybe you're listening to this and you're from Texas and you love the Rangers or you're a Houston fan, you love the Astros. Mm-hmm. But if you're just a generally a lover of the game of baseball, you want Trout to have this deep playoff run. Oh, yes. You'd love to see Otani pitch in game one of the division series and then be a DH and then maybe close a game or start a game in the World Series and then also hit two bombs. And like, that's just like, that's magnificent. He's a magnificent player. Both of them are. They signed a good pitcher. Maybe that guy can be their number one and actually carry a rotation, you know, because and if Trout hopefully can stay healthy, they can break this curse and they can get themselves into the playoffs. But they have a lot to contend with in that division. Yes. A lot. There's so a they, lot going on there. Um, they got to play well, but I, I'd like to see it. I think we all would. I think at this point in my life, I don't care about the rivalry between the Angels and the Rangers. I just want to see Otani and Mike Trout get the uh, attention they deserve. Yeah. Um, quick hitters real quick. Nelson Cruz signed with the uh, Nationals. Mm-hmm. He's got a DH for them now. That's going to be really cool for them. Um, and then you have Clayton Kershaw, who, you know, a, a farewell kind of deal with the... Uh, with the Dodgers, but he's still expected to be healthy. Seiya Suzuki. Yeah, big one for the Cubs. Really cool signing for them. He was a big-time um, Korean baseball player um, who uh, came over, and everybody wanted to see what he's going to do. Um, love and, to have Stroman and Suzuki. Yeah, and, 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 and shout-out to Marcus Stroman. We love you. Um, buddy of mine with the Tigers said that Javi Baez is, has automatically just become a huge force in the clubhouse. Just a lot of energy for the Tigers. Nice. And he really loves that signing now. Um. Yeah. Where did uh, Anthony Rizzo stayed with the Yankees? Rizzo stayed with the Yankees. He yep. turned down seventy million dollars a few years ago with uh, the Cubs, and he hasn't made that money back yet. But he is a Yankee. Um, I think the Yankees were really seeing what they could do. They were trying to go after um, Olsen or Freeman first, and mm-hmm. it worked. So it's kind of fun to be in a world where Anthony Rizzo is a, a third option for the Yankees. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, the Yankees didn't necessarily get better. They have Joey Galli and, uh, and Isaiah kind of falafa, which makes them. Uh, they signed Donaldson. They, you know, they have a they, they, they traded for Donaldson. They thirty million dollars on the left side. They, they traded <laughs> for him. Um, so uh, I'm not sure how good the Yankees are going to be, um, but I do think that the uh, the there's it's the Blue Jays and the Dodgers, and the Braves are really good too. And you have the Mets and the Phillies. You think uh, maybe, but they don't have big holes. Um, you want to see the Angels do well. You, you want to see the, the White Sox do, do well. well. White Sox are okay. Um, the Cardinals didn't get any better, and they got kind of worse, actually. So that'll be interesting. But they're a baseball team. But they're a baseball team. So They figure um, it out, baby. We'll see what happens, man. It's, yeah, I'm just excited. Baseball is back, and I know that the like $200 is about to hit my uh, bank account in three days. It's for MLB TV this season, and I have no qualms with it. Everybody's, oh, I'm canceling my subscription. No, I'm, I'll pay more money if I need to. I'm, I want the We want the games. We want to watch the games, games man. Um, cool. And then uh, we have our own team. Do we want to talk a little bit about that? No. Uh, no? Okay, next week. Next week we will. That was good. That was a long episode. Yeah, longer than we expected. I hope yeah. you guys enjoyed it. I, hope I knew that, just to give you a little insight on Coach Bods here, 
he comes over he's a little tired you know he was dealing with his wife and they're having a baby and all these amazing things that are happening in his life and but they can be stressful as well and so he was a little tired when he came over hadn't prepared much for this episode but what i know about coach bodzin is that when he's not on his phone or when you get him rolling about baseball, he gets juiced and his energy levels skyrocket instantly. So he was like, I was, he was like a little hesitant before. He was getting a little nervous about what he was going to say. In the back of my head, I was like, yo, we're going to be fine. Coach Bodson's going to get on a roll. It's going to be cool. This episode is still going to be 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And here we are. He crushed it again. Coach Bodson comes through with the uh, expertise and his baseball knowledge. And that's it for yeah, this episode. It. Hey, guys. Wolfpack Baseball, if you're listening... Keep it up, guys. Keep strong. Anybody who's youth baseball player, Dallas Tigers that we used to coach, uh, Wolfpack Baseball, or currently coach, or used to be with us, mm-hmm. guys, it's just a game. Have fun with it. Enjoy yourselves. Uh, we have some games this week. We had some games last weekend that you know, didn't go as well as we'd wanted them to, but it's sure. all early in the season, just having fun, and I'm I'm fired up that we're, 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 we're knee-deep in baseball right now, man. Yeah, believe in yourself. You can do it. Trust yourself. And always remember... Champions Adjust. Much love. Go to champsadjust.com. Subscribe on the YouTube channel and support the pod. Appreciate you. See you next time. Mwah.